freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome to episode 121 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. We have a great show today. Our theme is it's a jungle out there. It's a jungle out there. And if, if this was video instead of just audio, you'd see that I actually wore a dress theme appropriate, right? So <laughs> that was unintentional, but it just caught my attention. So it's a jungle out there. Well, spending some time with my granddaughter recently, one of the 35 or 40 movies she wanted to watch was Jungle Book. And there is a huge snake in that movie who, as it's winding its way around its intended victim, is singing, trust in me. Trust in me. Huh. As I watched the scene, I couldn't help but be reminded of the voices of the rights restrictors who are always attempting to woo us through our movies, our media, and every message source they can think of to convince us to give up thinking and acting for ourselves and just trust in them. Well, these rights restrictors, they have young high school-aged kids, country music performers, actors, late-night talk show hosts, and news anchors who actually behave more like gossip ringleaders, trying to erode our individual, our civil, and our human rights, including our Second Amendment rights to self-defense. They speak of things such as universal background checks and common sense gun control measures, and they distract us with emotions, always imploring us to just let big government wrap us up in a big boa constrictor's hug. Now, I am taking license with a song from a cartoon, but Bear with me as I make the analogy through the lyrics that encourage encourage mindless surrender. Shut your eyes and trust in me. You can sleep safe and sound knowing I'm around. Slip into silent slumber. Slowly or surely your senses will cease to resist. Trust in in me, just in me. Oh, how reassuring those words can sound until you step back and realize that when we fall into the hypnotic trance of apathy, the coils will slowly tighten around our mouths, 
silencing us. And that the silent slumber of apathy comes as the life and liberty are squeezed out of every citizen. Interestingly enough, as the scene in the movie draws to a close, another character comes to the rescue of the nearly smothered prey. This rescuer, who is armed with the sharp mind of wisdom and previous experience with the slippery snake, is able to break the spell and, I might add, is also armed with sharp teeth and claws to back up his intentions to protect the life of the snake's victim. You see, in the jungle, those teeth and claws are critical to self-defense, a way of being able to ensure that there is an or else in the conversation with those who would take liberty and life. The rights restrictors among us want to ensure that we don't have an effective or else on our side. In our human jungles, we aren't given sharp teeth and claws. We have patriots and responsibly armed citizens who hold that line. And we must be ever vigilant to ensure that our children and our children's children do not fall under the spell of the rights restrictor's siren call. Because the methods that the rights restrictors use, we must examine the lyrics of the songs that we let flit and float through our minds. And we must be wary of the storylines that are ever peppered with messages that are devised to convince us that freedom is too dangerous or simply overrated. This might all sound preposterous, but question for a moment the highly unusual career change that President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle have made in taking on the roles of producers for the mega media company Netflix. Yes, President Obama and Michelle are now producers and have formed a storytelling partnership with Netflix. Naturally, they have promised to keep politics out of their productions, but we have to remember that as he left office, Obama stated that the biggest disappointment that he had in his presidency was that he hadn't done enough to change the culture and to push forward gun control measures. So that is his biggest disappointment and we are simply to trust in him that he has no intention to try to correct that via his storytelling partnership with Netflix. Hmm. Now, it is entirely possible that Barack and Michelle simply want to try their hand at something new. We all change careers from time to time, and even before they signed on with Netflix, there have been slippery, sneaky, slow-creeping messages coming at us every minute of every day, which is why we must engage in critical thinking and intellectual honesty in our own choices of entertainment, as well as the messages we allow our children to be exposed to. Because, my friends, in our media, wrapped in pretty, funny, and enticing packages, there is much misinformation about our history, 
our rights and our Second Amendment. It all must be sifted and weighed because sometimes a hug is really a python's death squeeze. And it is up to us to be ever aware because it is a jungle out there. Dan? Kind of leaves that one open for me, Cheryl. Uh, you talked about Netflix, mm-hmm. and it reminds me of a song that Al Wilson did. Hmm? And he said um, something like, You knew what I was a snake before you took me in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That is an interesting song. You know, I think that's going to be our outgoing music. So if you're trying to remember it, reclaim it in your mind, stick around till we get to the end of the segment. But yeah, we knew, we know what's happening sometimes. And other times, it really is this subterfuge that's hard to detect. And that's why we just have to stay aware. Right. Hey, let's get on with our guests. Absolutely. We have eight guests today we do holy cow we got a big lineup our first hour is alex scarlatis he is one of the heroes of the paris train terrorist attack that clint eastwood made a movie titled the 1517 to paris in which alec and other heroes played themselves they played themselves that's cool alec is now running for election to the position of county commissioner of douglas county in oregon Mm mm-hmm we also have Alan Beck and Stephen Stambolia, mm-hmm. the lawyers involved in the Young versus Hawaii Second Amendment case that the Ninth Circuit Court recently ruled on. And wouldn't you know it, if the words "keep and bear arms" in the U.S. Constitution actually means that you can own and carry firearms outside of your home? Can you imagine? I had a hard time reading that because it's just too <laughs> unbelievable, right? No, it's like it's so obvious, <clears throat> like a duh. We also have uh, Lana Bryan and Jake Merritt, district managers of U.S. Law Shield. U.S. Law Shield is a self-defense legal program that protects you when you are forced to use a firearm or any other tool of self-defense to save your life or the lives of others. Mm-hmm. Our second hour, we have James Kalida, host of Out of Out of Order Gun Rights podcast. James is a lifelong Second Amendment advocate who is originally from New Jersey, a tough state to live in. Yeah. We also have Arizona uh, DPS Trooper Ed Anderson. Um, He's going to be a studio guest. Yeah, he's going to be right here with us. He's the police officer who was wounded and pinned down in a shootout on a lonely stretch of desert highway. He is with us still today because of a quick and decisive actions of Thomas Yoxall, a responsibly armed citizen. We had him on a couple weeks ago. We did. We also have Kat Ainsworth. Ainsworth. Ainsworth is a freelance outdoor writer and also hunting editor at The Truth About Guns. Kat is an ardent school, Second Amendment rights advocate, and her first book on handgun hunting will be printing this coming winter with Sky Horse Public Publishing. So hunting with handguns, that's interesting. Since I'm, I'm not a hunter, I'm really curious about, about the book specifically, but she is so prolific. She writes constantly. And just yesterday, I posted up um, on Facebook an article she did titled Seven uh, Handguns That Are Good for Females because, you know, we're built smaller. A lot of times our hands are smaller. Maybe we don't have the same um, strength to, like, rack the slide on a semi-auto style handgun. And uh, it's really important to know the differences and not just, you know, 
walk into a gun shop and pick the dirty hairy you know gun. right and keep so. in mind when you're out if you can't rack a gun you know there's it's not all strength it's sometimes technique mm-hmm. so you can learn to to do it so just be patient with it and you'll learn absolutely that's a great point all right well we got to cut to commercial but stick around because when we come back we have Alex Scarlatos, I'm so excited to talk to him. One of the heroes of the Paris train attack uh, that was made into a movie, Clint Eastwood made into a movie, holy cow, called the 1517 to Paris. Stick around. And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. I'm Rob Morse from the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Each week we share stories about men and women who saved lives. Now I'm asking you to be a lifesaver as well. The Second Amendment Foundation protects our rights to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Today, they need our help. Please go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation. That's SAF. Hi folks, I'm Don Kyle. If you're looking for the biggest little gun shop in the West, look to azfirearms.com. They have 1,100 guns in stock and a knowledgeable staff to help you find just the right firearm for you. azfirearms.com is my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours too. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we are excited today to bring to the air Alec Scarlatos, our first guest of the day. He is one of the heroes of the Paris train attack that Clint Eastwood made into a movie titled The 1517 to Paris, in which Alec and the other heroes played themselves. Alec is now running for election to the position of County Commissioner of Douglas County in Oregon, and we are excited to bring you on. Alec, sorry, Alec, are you there? Yes, how are you doing? Awesome. So good to speak with you. And first of all, thank you for your service. And second, can you just give us a quick overview of the incidents that took place on that 1517 to Paris? Sure. Um, 
basically what happened was I met up with my other two friends uh, in Europe, and we were in Amsterdam for a few days having lots of fun and whatnot. Um, and then we decided to take a train to continue the journey and go on to Paris. And when we were about to get on the train, there was an elderly gentleman that needed help getting on the train, so we helped him on the train. Mm-hmm. We ended up kind of in the middle, but our seats were we had first class tickets, um, but we were comfortable where we were at until the Wi-Fi went out, and then so we decided to move up to first class. It is all the about wifi the Wi-Fi. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Especially you got to update, got to update your Instagrams and whatnot. Of course. Um, anyway, so we moved up to first class. Uh, I traded Spencer seats and took the window because I wanted to look at the scenery going by because we were going through Belgium at that time. Oh wow! Uh, they, Spencer and Anthony, uh, went to sleep. Uh, and then about two hours into the train ride, we had stopped at Brussels and changed out the crew and such. And then, uh, we had just crossed the border into France when I heard a gunshot and breaking glass. Mm. And so I kind of put my head up because it didn't really register to me what that was. Sure. I mean, it was a little muffled and yeah. it just didn't sound like a gunshot. And, uh, then a train employee came, comes running away from the noise at a full sprint. And that wakes Spencer and Anthony up, and we all kind of turn around at the same time to see what he's running from. Whew. And there's a shirtless man with an AK-47. Oh, my gosh. Um, so what had happened was, before we got involved, uh, the terrorists got on the train in Brussels with a backpack full of an AK-47, uh, eight magazines, and a handgun. And left he his shirt, apparently. I don't understand that part, but that's not important. Keep going. What's that? <laughs> He's shirtless. I'm, I'm just locked on the fact that he doesn't oh, have a yes, shirt on. Oh, yes, absolutely. Because well, it's important things that I focus on. weapons ready. <laughs> I guess he takes his shirt off, and uh, he watches a jihadist video on his phone or whatever, and then he comes out of the bathroom to commence a terror attack, and he had been there so long that there were two passengers waiting to go to the bathroom, Damien and Mark. Mm. Damien is right in front of him and realizes what's going on and mm. starts to choke him and the AK-47 is pinned between their bodies mm-hmm. and then Mark tries to grab the AK-47 and a train employee comes up thinking it's a regular fight and breaks them up oh then gosh. he realizes what's going on everybody kind of splits Mark gets a hold of the AK-47 so then the terrorist pulls out the handgun shoots, shoots Mark in the neck which is the gunshot that we heard and then the train employee come, coming running away, and okay. that's when we saw the terrorist standing there shirtless with a backpack on the front with an AK-47. Um, so I tapped Spencer on the shoulder, and I said, basically, go get him, because <laughs> to be fair, he was on the aisle seat. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you I go kinda, first. I, I got you. Like, I got you, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Well, I kind of meant, like, when you get a little bit closer, like, let's get him. But the second Mm -hmm. I tapped him and said, let's go, he just took off at the guy. And so I didn't even realize that he was gone for a second until he already tackled the terrorist. So I ran up to follow him. And when I get there, Spencer has him in a chokehold, kind of laying back against one of the seats. And uh, so I don't know what to do. So I pick the AK up off the ground and try to shoot him with it. And uh, it's on safety. And before I can figure out how to get it working, uh, I look up and the terrorist has the handgun out trying oh to gosh. line it up with Spencer's head. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so I jump on the handgun, get the handgun away from him, and then I hit him in the face twice with the handgun, and then Spencer yells he's got a knife, and the terrorist had then pulled out a knife, 
a box cutter and started cutting Spencer on the back of the neck with it. Oh and so Spencer kicks him off of him. And then the terrorist is kind of in the middle of all three of us. We basically start just punching him and kicking him and trying not to get cut by the knife, whatever we can do. Uh, Anthony and I kind of push him back into Spencer and then Spencer and I kind of bend him over a table and kind of have our hands holding his head down. So mm-hmm. I put the handgun against his head and tell him, stop resisting. Uh, he doesn't speak English, I don't think. So I pulled the trigger and uh, the gun doesn't go off. Oh, my gosh. And uh, so I cycle it. And when I cycle it, I notice that it's totally empty, no magazine or anything. So what I think had happened was when he shot Mark in the neck, he, when he drew the handgun, he dropped the magazine. Yeah. So the only round he got off was the one in the chamber. Holy cow. Anyway, I throw the handgun. Um, Spencer realizes that we have to do something else. So Spencer starts choking him again on the other side of the aisle. I pick up the AK-47 off the ground and uh, just start hitting the terrorist in the head with the muzzle of the AK-47. And uh, finally his arms go limp and then I just watch him go unconscious from Spencer's chokehold. And then we kind of, we realize that the situation is more or less over until we look over and we see Mark, the gentleman who was shot, yes. just squirting blood out of his neck. Oh my gosh. So Spencer being an EMT in the Air Force, we... Tell Spencer to go over and help him. Spencer runs over, puts two fingers in Mark's neck wound and stops the bleeding. I was infantry in the Army, so I took the AK-47, and I was going to go clear the rest of the train. And uh, before I did that, I cycled the AK-47 because I was assuming that it was not loaded or chambered because we, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously were still alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when I did that, a round ejected. So I knew that it was loaded, and it landed on the seat in front of me. So I picked it up, and it there was a dent in the back of the primer. So wow. really, we just got very lucky and had a misfire. Wow. Um, and that took a second to sink in. But then I took the AK, cleared the rest of the train, came back, cleared all the weapons, and helped Spencer with Mark for about 20 minutes or so until we got to the train station. And then we took the terrorist off, and... Law enforcement and EMS came on board, and that was it. Wow. That is just incredible. And, you know, it's so interesting that each of you had a specialty um, that needed to ha- to be in place at that exact moment, and you each just took action. You didn't sit back and think, gee, I wish somebody would come and save us. You you actually, you know, jumped up and did what you could do, and it, it changed everything. And I, I admire that, and I'm, I think that that is such a good reminder for the rest of us that, you know, a lot of times on this show we talk about what one person can do because some people are like, well, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. And uh, that is when evil does take a, a foothold. And um, I, I just really appreciate so much what you guys have been through. Alex, welcome to the show. This is Dan. What happened to um, the Mark, the one that was shot in the neck? Was he okay? Right. Yes. Mark ended up surviving, which, honestly, I did not expect. Uh, he lost a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. Um, but Spencer stopped the bleeding completely the moment he got there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even then, before he got there, I mean, he was bleeding for probably five minutes oh. out of his carotid artery. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um so, I mean, and like I said, we were on the train for 20 minutes before we even got to the station. But uh, Spencer got there just in time, and he ended up making a 
pretty much a full recovery, and we actually see them every time we go to Paris and get drinks. <laughs> wow. That's well, that awesome. will definitely <clears throat> bond you, I think. What um, about the terrorist? What happened to him? He's in prison in Paris, and uh, we may actually have to go back to the trial this year, but we'll uh, see how that goes. There's going to be a trial? I mean, come on. <laughs> <Absolutely>. I mean. <laughs> Well, due process and all that. Uh, yes. Um, well, your memoirs are going to be amazing for your future kids and grandkids. I mean, so this incredible incident, and then you were able to play yourself in a movie, and not just any movie, but one that portrayed the actual uh, incident you lived through, and by the way, happened to be directed by um, Clint Eastwood. I mean, holy cow, that must be really something. Uh, I mean, absolutely. It's we. I mean, we're grateful just to have survived that day, and everything that's happened to us since has just been like a dream. And especially having Clint Eastwood do the movie, we knew it was going to be great. And then uh, having him ask us to play ourselves, uh, we were very kind of excited but skeptical at the same time. <laughs> But uh, in the end, we couldn't say no to that opportunity. And I think as a result, if the movie's good or not, it's at least it's very accurate, especially to what happened on the train. Well, and um, you know and you're... And that's really the, the main thing that we wanted. And you know you're in good hands with Clint Eastwood. I mean, you, you know Absolutely. you're not going to end up looking at the screen going, why did I do that? Because oh, yeah, he's no, going he's to be top-notch. So any time in the movie, did Clint Eastwood tell you to say, do you feel lucky, punk? <laughs> no, we we tried to get him to do a cameo in the movie, but he was not having it, unfortunately. Wouldn't do it. Well, no. flash forward now, you want to continue to serve, and uh, you want to serve your community by seeking elected office there in Oregon. Um, and just quickly, before we run out of time, tell us about your campaign and, and what you'll be doing if you're elected as uh, to the Office of County Commissioner. Yeah, well, I, I moved to Oregon from California about 10 years ago. And frankly, I've traveled the world and the country in the last couple of years, and there's no place I'd rather live than where I do. Hmm. And... To me, it's just a very special place, and I want to do whatever I can to help my community. I mean, there's a lot of issues facing us right now, uh, especially with the ONC timber the way it is right now. Uh, I mean, we're a logging community, and we're not allowed to log, so oh, wow. we have a lot of problems there working with the federal government and things like that. And just the budget crisis that's became of that um, we are running out of money rapidly and need to figure out solutions and trying to help bring more diverse jobs to our county as well. So there's a lot of complicated issues facing us right now, and I just want to do whatever I can to help. And uh, my website is alexcarlottos.org. If anybody wants to check it out or anything like that or donate, I'd appreciate it. That is fantastic. Well, Best of luck in your um, election, and I know that, you know, just having you there involved, doing what you can do, uh, you've already proven that it's that, that is effective and that you're effective at what you put your mind to. So we will check in with you and see how everything's going uh, in a while. When is the election? November. In November. Very good. All right. Well, thank you again. Alex Scarlatos, we really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me. Appreciate mm -hmm. it. Bye-bye.
All right. Well, stick around because on the other side of these messages, we have two of the lawyers involved in the Young versus Hawaii Second Amendment case that the Ninth Circuit Court recently ruled on. Alan Beck and Stephen Stambulia. Stick around. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Pot of Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Pot of Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potofgoldestate.com. Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com. Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, we have a couple of guests waiting in the wings, and uh, if the technology (laughs) critters will allow us to actually triangulate the call and bounce it off of Mars and all that sort of thing. They have just given us permission. (laughs) We have a go. I love it. All right. So our next guests are Alan Beck and Stephen Stambulia, who I have to check if I'm saying that right. I hear him laughing at me already. I don't blame you. Um, they are the lawyers involved in the Young versus Hawaii Second Amendment case that the Ninth Circuit Court recently ruled on. And wouldn't you know it if the words keep and bear arms in the U.S. Constitution actually means that you can own and carry firearms outside of your home. I mean, as just craziness, right? Well, we will talk with them about this and other Second Amendment cases. Welcome to the show, guys. Hi. Um, uh, thanks for having us. Absolutely. Whose voice is that? Uh, I'm Alan Beck. Okay, that's and, Alan. Uh, Stephen, introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Stephen Stambley, and I'm here as well. We appreciate you having us on today. Stambley. Okay, Stephen, now I've got it. Stephen, I can give you some names. You can call Cheryl. That, yeah, there you uh, go. So we'll get even, okay? <laughs> okay, oh, sounds good. Let's keep it nice, guys. Okay. Well, <laughs> most of our listeners probably don't sit up late at night reading court decisions, right? So when people refer to Heller or McDonald versus Chicago or the case you just worked on, Young versus Hawaii, the significance of what happened in those cases and the decisions that come from them, are they just wash over us and they're lost in translation. So can you help people understand in a sentence or two uh, what each of those three cases means to the American gun owner? Uh, Alan, you were lead on the, the Young case. Why don't you start with, with talking to us about Heller, McDonald, and, and uh, Young? Okay. Um, well, Heller was um, 
believe it or not, uh, a 2008 case, and the first time the Supreme Court had ever um, announced that the uh, Second Amendment confers individual right on Americans to uh, keep uh, arms in their home for lawful self-defense. Mm-hmm. The uh, prior to Heller, there had been a um, uh, movement in uh, law to try and push something called a collective rights theory, and that's that. That was an extremely disingenuous uh, legal position that several of the appellate courts had taken, and um, what that espouses is it writes out the Second Amendment and says that. The Second Amendment actually means a right for the states to have a, uh, a militia. Mm-hmm. So that really only applies to the National Guard. Mm-hmm. Now, that position never really made a lot of sense if you really think it through. Um, one, the National Guard is um, uh, technically is under federal control if uh, the president wants. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, you could, I guess in theory, that would mean, I mean, no one actually ever... Uh, did this, but I always thought that if this uh, position was um, uh, taken to its full extreme, well, I mean, I guess the state of Wyoming should uh, be able to tell every one of its citizens it can own nuclear weapons, hmm. you know. Interesting. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't a well-thought-out opinion uh, mm-hmm. position. It was just a position that made sense if you want to ban guns. Mm-hmm. So what the uh, Supreme Court did in 2008 was it uh, rejected that position and found that a um, a, uh, a police officer or um, a, a security guard in um, D.C. in uh, Washington D.C. Yeah, whose Heller. name is uh, Dick Heller. Mm-hmm. He's a friend of ours, um, who whose actual job at the time was to actually um, uh, protect um, the Supreme Court. That was his job. He was a <laughs> officer that uh, protects the Supreme Court. Uh, Ironic that it, and, he can protect uh, others, he was not just not allowed himself. Yeah, he was not allowed to uh, own a firearm in his home, even though at work he his job was to have a firearm to protect uh, the U.S. Supreme Court. Crazy. And so the um, Supreme Court found that um, they engaged in a very robust historical analysis to show that uh, the right has always been an individual right of uh, American citizens to own arms in their home, uh, for uh, self-defense and other related purposes. Absolutely. So can I switch over to Stephen and talk about, so what's this McDonald versus Chicago thing, or did I cut you off? Alan? Yeah, that's fine. I mean, uh, McDonald just took it a step further in 2010 and incorporated uh, what Alan was just talking about, the individual right against the state. So now it's not just the federal right, but you also have to where the states can infringe on your federally protected constitution, your Second Amendment right. And that's really basically it in a nutshell. And so that, is it important that it happened in Chicago, or it's just where an individual citizen whose last name was McDonald happened to uh, decide that he wasn't going to just roll over, he was going to take it to court? Is that where these names come from? Yes, that's that's the the names of the, the plaintiff's names. And McDonald was the plaintiff uh, in that case. Obviously, Heller was the plaintiff in the other case. So that's where the names come from. And then uh, Young and Allen can talk about the latest Hawaii case. 
Um, that's you know it's uh, George Young, uh, so that's where the, that's where the names come of the cases come from. Mm-hmm. And so, Alan, did you want to tell us about this most recent one, the Young case? Yes. Um, well, uh, my client uh, George Young um, is a uh, Vietnam vet, and he's a retired uh, infantryman. He spent 21 years in the military, and well, he uh, subsequently moved home. Um, and uh, at one point, um, he applied for a, um, um, a handgun carry permit, and he was denied. And uh, he discovered the, in the county where he lives in, they simply they they never issue um, handgun carry permits. So, so they're saying it's possible, to, but then they never actually issue. That's correct. Okay. That's something that uh, the. Um, uh, county uh, admitted at the oral argument. Mm-hmm. There's a law in the books that says in an exceptional case will issue to a um, private citizen, but in reality, they have not issued. Um, we have records saying they haven't issued since 2000 a single permit, and oh, wow. uh, the chief of police was fairly certain he had never issued. Wow. So, you know, that that is one of those sneaky backdoor things that happen all the time. And until we have people like um, Heller, Dick Heller, until we have people like McDonald in Chicago, until we have people like George Young who draw the line and say, nope, th- this is not right, and I am going to seek counsel and take it to court. Uh, th- until somebody stands up and does that, the the rights restrictors are able to just keep getting away with it. Yeah, well, actually, my client um, did not was not able to seek counsel initially. Okay. He contacted um, many attorneys uh, in the state of Hawaii, and um, after months of uh, searching, he uh, just repeatedly got turned out. I think he was turned out uh, seventeen times. Uh, by various attorneys that uh, um, uh, he thought that, that uh, based upon their uh, advertisements, he thought that uh, maybe well wouldn't take his case. Mm-hmm. So he's sued three times in federal court mm-hmm. over uh, this issue uh, on his own. And every time, you know, uh, in part because he's not an attorney, but uh, in part, uh, in part, uh, well, for a number of reasons, I, they... Um, um, had thrown him out. And so what happened is I um, became aware of his uh, latest dismissal from the trial court. Mm-hmm. And I uh, started talking to him. I thought, you know, it seems like a really decent guy. He's an American patriot. He's served his country, and he's never even been allowed to appear in court. Hmm. Um, and so what the heck? I'm, um, I said, y'all, Representing you free of charge, and uh, I wanted to write what I felt was the injustice in that uh, he wasn't allowed to even appear uh, yeah. in, in the court to uh, say say his piece, despite three separate federal lawsuits over the course of uh, you know from 2008, 2010, and the last one was uh, uh, in 2012. He was dismissed in November of 2012. So I filed a uh, the uh, notice of appeal. I took over his case in uh, December of 2012. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then uh, Stephen came on in, um, was it 2015? Yes, 2015. Yes. In 2015, uh, Stephen joined me. 
uh, to represent him. Well, so thank you both for this that. This has uh, been a, a long marathon. You know, this has been over 10 years um, for my client uh, fighting on this issue. So, wow. so Stephen, I have a question for you. So the Ninth Circuit Court ruled that we have a right to keep and bear arms. So what does that mean to us? What does it mean to the regular citizen? And it's, it reaches beyond Hawaii, correct? It, it, it's a Ninth Circuit panel decision right now. It doesn't necessarily say it, it, it. You have to read it very narrowly as it is right now, because, you know, we had the Peruta case that came down before Young, where it says you don't have a right to conceal carry, but it specifically did not take up whether you had a right to openly carry a firearm. Mm-hmm. And what this panel decision says is Hawaii's statute that precludes you from have, from uh, openly carrying a firearm is unconstitutional. We're, we're, we're saying that the right does extend outside of your home mm-hmm. because you can't have just keep arms at home You because the Second Amendment says keep and bear, bear arms. Them. Yes, absolutely. So, but it applies to the Ninth Circuit. But, I mean, just yesterday night they filed uh, a motion to uh, request an additional 45 days with which to file a request for an en banc uh, mm-hmm. rehearing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's not the mandate hasn't issued, so it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. But so if they get denied this, then at least then could it go to the Supreme Court again or what? It, it could not go again, to the Supreme yeah. Court. It hasn't been to the Supreme Court yet, but it definitely could end up there. Very right. good. Hey, we are out of time, guys, and there's so much more that I want to talk with you about. So we're going to have to to bring you back on in the future. But there is a case right now that's hovering out there. You're calling it the Umbert case, and it has Correct. to do with something that we really need to be paying attention to, and that is what's going on with this whole universal background check, and what does it mean, and how is it applied, and and that sort of thing. Um, and are you guys part of that? Yes, it's our case. It's mine and Alan's case. All right. Well, we're going to check in, see how that's going. And uh, these are things that, you know, we have to be focused in on. We have to pay attention and, and take the time to learn what do the different terms mean. I'm speaking now to, uh, to you, the listeners out there, driving in your car, working in the yard, making dinner, whatever it is you're doing. Um, if we don't ourselves clue in and pay attention um, just like Alan did when he heard about George Young's case and see what is it is that we can do to help out, then the other side just wins because we, we rolled over and did nothing. So um, thank you both so much. I really appreciate you being on. I appreciate so much all that you do, the work that you do, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on again, Alan Beck and Stephen Stambulia. How'd I do, Stephen? Thank you very much. <laughs> That sounds good. All right. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye now. All right. Stick around because we still have two guests in this hour at the same time. We've got Lana Bryan and Jake Merritt from U.S. Law Shield. What is that? Stick around and find out.
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun. Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knolltown Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, Let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Thanks for sticking around. You are with Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, this show is also a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Find out more and check out all of the great content at selfdefenseradio.net. And if you have missed any portion of this show, please be sure to check out our website, gunfreedomradio.com. You can click the On Demand tab and listen Binge listen to your heart's content, all 120 other shows that we have posted there. And if you want to put faces with voices, then click on the guest tab and you will find bios and photos and links to all of the guests that we've ever had on the show. Cheryl, have you taken all the errors that I made out of those links? <laughs> no, and I left mine in as well. So it's also comedy hour. She's got one. Right? It's a <laughs> She's got one, okay? We, we should make a gag reel. We really should. That would be... That would be good. All right. Well, our next two guests are Lana Bryan and Jake Merritt. They are district managers of U.S. Law Shield. Now, U.S. Law Shield is a self-defense legal program that protects you when you are forced to use a firearm or any tool of self-defense to save your life or the lives of others. Welcome to the show. Lana and Jake. Thank you. Jake, are you there? Thank you. Oh, very good. All right. Well, I'm going to start, I think, with Lana. 
And I'm going to ask Lana, you know, why would we choose U.S. Law Shield? What what do what does it solve in my life and in my listeners' lives? It, you know what it does is it actually takes it's a peace of mind for you and your loved ones. Um, you know, we we cover all your attorney fees, one hundred percent. God forbid you have to use a weapon of opportunity in self defense. We don't have that luxury. To, to have a retainer laying around that, you know, we are involved in, in something where we have to defend ourselves um, and we're going to be put into the legal system. Mm-hmm. Because, as you know, we are not, we don't have a justice system, we have a legal system. Mm-hmm. And just the attorney fees that that rake up, um, that is what U.S. Law Shield is about. So it's something that you absolutely have to have, almost more important than you know, your car insurance, because it is something that it's not a matter of if it's going to happen, it's when. Mm-hmm. So, Jake, can you kind of give us an idea, like, how does it work? So I, I become a member, because this is a member-based organization, right? And then... Correct. Correct. And then something happens where it, it is a life-threatening situation, and I have to use either a knife or a gun, or a baseball bat, or whatever my tool is of self-defense to save my own life, that doesn't mean that I get to walk off in the sunset, even just because I'm, I'm the hero of the story and the good guy in the story. Um, that's the way the movies play out. But sometimes it doesn't work that way in real life. And how does U.S. Law Shield intersect at that time? No, that's a good question there, and it's great how you described it there. We cover all legal weapons of opportunity, as you said there. It don't matter if it's the you know frying pan in the kitchen or the baseball bat, or even your your hands can and turn into that weapon of opportunity. So mm-hmm. we really uh, pride ourselves on our emergency hotline number. So it don't matter if it's three o'clock Christmas morning and somebody breaks into your Christmas presents and ends up threatening you and your family and you got to defend yourself. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, our program attorneys sitting on our, on the phone ready for when you call that hotline number, you get directly to one of our program attorneys and they are there to get the, everything started, get the case and everything started for you right there on the spot. And you are directly in contact with an attorney. You're not connected to a call center you're not Mm -hmm. talking to a paralegal or some Mm -hmm. assistant you're directly in touch with the program attorney so jake we uh you know if i'm a member and so we have to call 911 right after 911 is that the call i'm going to be making to you guys yes you know and it's hard to say exactly when you know every every scenario is going to play out a little different but yeah you know you definitely do want to make sure you make Make the call to 911, let them know that, you know, you've been in a self-defense situation, and then, yes, immediately get on the phone and uh, get in touch with your attorney. And, um, Lana, I'll come back to you. One of the points that Jake made, I think uh, we need to really pause for a moment and appreciate the fact that if someone calls U.S. Law Shield, they are immediately in touch with an attorney, which means that the client attorney privilege is taking place right from hello. Am I correct in that? You are absolutely correct. Yes, you don't, you know, law enforcement are our friends. Law mm-hmm. enforcement, 
are there to protect and serve. But by the time you've called them, you're a victim. Mm -hmm. And when they come to the scene, they're now just doing a report. More than ever, we need to invoke our rights. Mm -hmm. So we need to stand on our fourth, fifth, sixth, and eighth amendments Mm -hmm. and and talk to our attorney where the client privilege um, is there. Um, and absolutely, you want to have a, a, an attorney on the phone to tell you, what are my next steps? I mean, this is what, this is my life. I mean, there's so much going on in that heat of the moment that you're not, you know, what happens to police officers, you know, God forbid, when they're involved in an officer shooting, they're typically put on administrative leave. Um, why is that? They're put on administrative leave so that they can... Uh, you know, get their, put one statement together mm-hmm. so that they can issue one statement, have three sleep cycles, um, so that their, the story is coming back in their mind. Mm-hmm. When something like that is happening to you, you know, facts are not lined up. You don't mean to be lying, mm-hmm. but you don't, you, you're not always going to be right on with what's, what, with what just happened. Very interesting. So, um, continuing with what's happening in the immediacy of the moment, Lana, you know, we were talking off air and we were saying how there are three parts to every incident and every fight. Can you expand on that? Yes. So, you know, when the threat, you know, we are trying to stop the threat. If there's a threat brought to you, you're trying to stop it. So you're just trying to make the threat stop. That takes two to five seconds. Mm -hmm. I mean, sometimes 15 seconds, sometimes 30. The legal battle that you face right after that could be anywhere from two to five years. Mm. And that is your life savings, your mortgage, your your mortgaging your home Mm -hmm. to pay for the the criminal defense attorney to represent you. And and you acted in self-defense. But who states that? So that's why you're put through the legal system. And three to five years, your attorney bills are astronomical. Right. They're... And then we have a lifetime. The third part of the fight is the lifetime of emotional, you know, what, what's happening to you. Yes. That's something you have to go to your pastor. You have to go to your a therapist, a family friend, a, a family member to get through that emotional. So there's three parts to every fight. You Absolutely. know, it's the stop the threat, and then it's the legal, and then it's the emotional. And the parts that you can make easier on yourself are going to impact that lifelong emotional part. And so if you've got uh, somebody on your side, you've got U.S. Law Shield uh, helping you with that second part, with the legal battle, that's going to make all the difference in, in the, uh, the uh, moving forward part of, of all of that. So, Alan, um, I'm sorry, Jake, back to you. Uh, so what does U.S. Law Shield cover? Now, it's a member-based organization. Um, it, it's not insurance necessarily, right? So what, what is it that you cover? What, what does it cost? How can we sign up? So it's re- really great. So we pride ourselves on, on three, three main points. One is you have, of course, the 100, you know, the 24, seven, 365 days access to our, our program attorneys. And then second is we cover 100% of your attorney fees, criminally and civilly. We all know, you know, you may, you may get acquitted of your charges criminally, but there's always, it's not if, it's when you're going to get uh, followed up with that, uh, you know, civil suit. So we cover 
your attorney fees 100% criminally and civilly for the you know duration of your your case that has happened in a self defense situation and then third we want our members to be educated we pride ourselves on our education um we're, we're as you know we are we're hosting at az firearms mm-hmm. the gun law seminar mm-hmm. on august 18th from 2 to 5 p.m so mm-hmm. that's another in one Arizona. of the big benefits mm-hmm. of being a u.s washington member absolutely and so what does it cost how do people sign up so it's r- real great to sign up uh it's only 10.95 a month Wow. Or if you want to sign up annually with us, it's one thirty one forty. There's a one time nineteen ninety five sign up fee. You'll never see the lifetime of your membership, and it's really good. As teaming up as a partner uh, with us with AZ Firearms, you, anybody can go on to uslawshield.com and use promo code AZ Firearms, all one word together, and it's r- really nice. A cu- couple of benefits come across with that as you know. AZ Firearms being uh, partners with us, is you can get some awesome options that we can offer out there. One of them is our Platinum Plus uh, membership. So Platinum Plus means you you must use AZ Firearms promo code to get this. Mm-hmm. Is at ten ninety five. We will never increase your rate as long as you're in good standings with us as as a member. So ten ninety five for the lifetime as you're a member with us. Another option you can also get is annually. If you want to sign up annually, use the AZ Firearms promo code. You can get 14 months for the price of 12. So uh, AZ Firearms is helping cover two two months for you for signing up annually online. Also, we want to recommend everybody to go to gunlawseminar.com mm-hmm. and join AZ Firearms, and you actually can talk to and see our program attorneys in Arizona live in action, and you can also sign up with us at that seminar. Awesome. Well, we are out of time, and I have to run, uh, but we'll talk some more about this in the future because I think it's just too important not to make people aware of. But thank you so much, um, and say the, the, the website name as we go out, just so people can definitely uh, jump on there and learn more about U.S. Law Shield. Um, Lana Bryan and Jake Merritt, thank you so much. Lana, will you say the, the website? Absolutely, Shell. Thank you for having us on. It is uslawshield.com. And you can just sign up right there by using AZ Firearms as your promo code. Excellent. Thank you again so much. Thank you, Lana. Thank you, Jake. Bye-bye. All right. Well, stick around. We still have our number two of Gun Freedom Radio. Lots of great guests still in the wings. So stick around. <laughs> 